Blog Talk Radio.
and that's going to be on, you know, because you never know who you may touch that's listening. You know, they may not um, know that there's a voice, that there's a, a need for what they're feeling and how they're feeling. So we are so happy you guys are tuning in this evening. Get ready for another great show. And before we get into it, you know, Alicia and I have been nominated on Ebony TV in two categories. So make sure in a couple of weeks, tune in live to ebonytv.com where the winners will be announced. Alicia and I are ready with our champagne on ice. to be walking away with two awards that night, Alicia. I'm excited. That's going to be August 28th. I know that'll be, that'll be our, those will be our fourth award. Fourth, we got two already, right? That's right. Three and four on the way. <laughs> Absolutely. So we appreciate you guys. So this is always a difficult topic, right? Because when you think about divorce, you never really think about divorce in a way. I think that's healthy. Um, I was I'm recently divorced, and I just started thinking about that just by talking to people. And some of the things that people say and, you mm-hmm. know, just having my own mental um, downloads about the unhealthy ways that we handle breakups, uh, mm-hmm. divorces, separations, just the unhealthy way that we do it. We are kind of, in my opinion, um organizing and downloading specific things into our own spirit. Um, mm-hmm. Where it's not healthy, we're not going to heal because we're not uh, doing things that help healing, right? And so right. I did some, you know, a little investigation because, you know, we always got to have a technical. So we got six fabulous guests that are going to be on here uh, to talk that talk. Um, but I did a little investigation, and there are actually um, – 12 ways to rebuild your life after divorce, right? And so when you mm-hmm. first think about divorce, you look at it as a death. It is a death. Um, it's equivalent to a person passing away um, because depending on how long you were with that person, even if it was a long-term relationship, um, that's kind of that person has become an additional attachment to you. It's become like mm-hmm. an arm or a leg. Um, and so now that you don't have it, you have to deal with that. And so you have to allow yourself to grieve. And I believe a lot of times we do not do that. We don't allow ourselves to grieve or we jump from relationship to relationship and then we become relationship hoppers. Now, this is my thing with that, especially as women. Because women, we are so emotional. If we don't allow ourselves to um, just kind of step back and love on us a little bit, we're going to keep mm-hmm. repeating the same thing. Because for however long you were with that one person, you slept with just one person. Dating and relationship is two different things. So now you in the dating right. scene, and you, you meet Billy. And now you're sleeping with Billy, but you're only used to sleeping with one person. And so now you, in your mind, it's something different because now you're attached to Billy. Your emotions are involved. And now mm-hmm. with Billy out here dating, you feel away now. But that's because you didn't give yourself time. You didn't give yourself time to reload and kind of reboot your own life, your own mind, your own spirit. And you didn't mm-hmm. allow yourself 
to grieve the situation. You have to grieve. If a person passes away, depending on how close you are to that person, it's going to take a couple of years. Your mind is going to be in a bad space. My mom passed in 2016. I was in, my mind was in a very bad space for, I'm going to say, four years. Even though everybody saw me smiling, they saw me happy, they saw me doing all of these things, my mind just wasn't right. You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. that's what happens in grief. We have to give ourselves time to grieve that loss. Um, And it is a loss, even if the relationship um, did not end on good terms. You know, a lot of times love turns into hate real quick. Um, And so maybe that is not one of bad terms so much, depending on the situation. It could be that, you know, sometimes people are emotionally disconnected. And they don't know how to experience that type of pain. And so it becomes anger. You become angry at that person. Uh Um, Another good thing I found is you should keep a journal. Uh, You should keep a journal because there are emotional struggles. No matter how many days people see you smiling, some days you're just not okay. You know what I'm saying? You're just not okay. And a lot of times, if people see you smiling, they don't take time to tap in and check in with you. You know what I'm saying? Your closest friends will, but some people won't Um, Uh because they see you smiling, so they don't know that it's really other, you're really going through some things and you need that time. Because this is kind of like, it does create like a PTSD type situation situation because it is traumatic so you should really really journal and write down your feelings how you feeling um what 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 pops into your mind the things that you're thinking about um because you need to be able to not only look back at that I think that that's a great way to gauge your growth um but as a way to make sure you're okay and then leaning on friends we talked about that making sure that those that are closest to you, you lean on them. You let them know that you're not okay, you know, and not being okay does not mean that you want to be in that relationship or any relationship. It just means that you're just not okay. But you're just not, it's just your world. Everything is different and it moves fast. It moves super fast. And sometimes you don't have time to catch your breath. That's how fast everything moves. And we don't see that, um, and we don't really think about it, but there are actually mm-hmm. uh, two processes in the divorce. There's a legal process and an emotional process, and we have to give ourselves time to go through the emotional process, um, and that has five stages. So I'm excited because we have Dr. Rush on here, and I want her to come in here and talk that talk about them five stages, um, and then seek professional support. It's nothing wrong with going to get counseling. I don't know why in our community we don't our own selves to get counseling. You know, it's it's important that you have somebody that is non-biased but that can help you heal and grow whether it's a therapist or a spiritual advisor, you need some or even a life coach. Um, you need somebody mm-hmm. to help you jumpstart that new life. And sometimes you don't know what direction to go in. You don't know what you're going to do. Um, you got to reinvent yourself. So now your whole thought is, how am I going to be okay? 
uh, you've been one half of something else for so long. So reinventing yourself is a hard process. And then you got to make new friends. So we're going to also talk mm-hmm. about the dating aspect and, and how we should date because dating is a, a different process. Everybody that you date is not your husband and not your wife. And I don't believe that when you first come out of divorce, you should date to be in another relationship. You got to give yourself that time. Um, mm-hmm. And then getting back in the groove of things, you know, now you're dating. You you got the financial aspect. So we got the banker bay in the building. She's going to talk about getting finances back together after a separation, after a divorce, after a breakup. Because when you're married, everything is entwined. Everything is wrapped up. Bills are wrapped up. Um, credit. Everything is wrapped up in one. And so you got to know how not just to unravel that, um, but to keep yourself whole or even rebuild yourself financially after that. So we got the Banker Bay in here and she's going to talk that talk with us. And you got to take it slow. You got to love on you. Um, and you got to learn how to appreciate you and the new you because you're going to be different. You're going to think different. You're going to want different things. Maybe some of the things you kind of wanted before are not there. You know, a lot of times, we see stars, they get divorced, and we think, oh, gosh, that's so sad. But we don't see the behind the scenes. We just found out. But right. probably it's been five years in the works for them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you have to take it slow. Um, and, then, you know, in the age of COVID now, I'm just saying, now we got to worry about sexually transmitted diseases and COVID. I'm just saying. You know, so you have to take right. that time. Take it slow. Just can't be sleeping with any and everybody. If you do, we don't judge here. It's okay. You know, because that is mm-hmm. your choice. So making sure that you are um, protecting yourself. You know, I just feel that your time is the first thing that has to, to, to be at the top of your list. And you can't be wasting it with just casually rare, soothing um, activities. My opinion, I'm just saying, don't send me no inboxes. <laughs> and then you want to make a bucket list. Make a bucket list. What are the things that you want to do but you never had the guts to do? You never had the time to do? What What are those things that you wish you can just really do, whether it's starting a business, whether it's going back to school? What is it that you want to do for you? Um, and mm-hmm. you want to celebrate your being single. You know, there's nothing wrong with being single. Um, and you want to celebrate that because, you know, when you're going through a divorce or a breakup, that's a dark phase, I think, in your life. It's very dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for some people, it's that deal with um, mental, you know, like depression and things, anxieties. It could be probably worse for them. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it's very important to celebrate that. You know, some people take trips. They have a girl trip. Um, they do something with their kids. Um, some throw a divorce shower, you know, just to try and recoup um, just their spiritual and emotional loss. I think things that just help boost you. You don't necessarily have mm-hmm. to celebrate in that way, but you definitely want to do something, I think, that boosts your spirits, um, whether it's 
something consistently healthy for you. Um, and and we got some fabulous guests, and I'm gonna want to go on and on because then I don't want to give I want to give them time to be able to talk about it. Um, but we got the fabulous Martha, Dr. Martha Rushing on here. Uh, we have the fabulous Lisa Owens on here. We have the fabulous Sean Sinclair on here. Uh, we have Justin Q. Young. He's going to be kicking in with us. We have the fabulous um, uh, Pastor Anitra, uh, Anitra Syme. She's going to come in shortly. But I just, we, me and Tony really wanted to give all aspects. We got the Banker Bay April uh, in here. We want to give everybody all aspects of things um, because mm-hmm. everybody is dealing with different things. And, you know, whenever we do shows that are really heavy like this, we like to make sure we come through with some um, things that are helpful, with some resources, with just to promote thought. But we like to have some heavy guns with us in the process. And I'm glad Mm -hmm. that we have two men on here because, you know, as women, we kind of don't think about that. But it's important Mm -hmm. not only to let men who have experienced divorce know that they may have a different process. I know they they'll go through the same things, but it's a little bit different for them. So we want to learn that side and be able to understand. Uh, so we got some guests to start pulling them in here. We want you guys to tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, we're going to start with a Dr. Rushing. Welcome. Hello. Good evening. Good evening, guys. Good evening, everyone. I'm so appreciative and honored to be a part of the show tonight and um, to talk about dating after divorce and the whole entire process. Um, So I am uh, Dr. Martha Rushing. Um, I am a psychologist. I have my own practice along with uh, my sister. Um, She's a counselor, and we have our private practice uh, where we do uh, therapy, spiritual healing, deliverance, and so many other things. Um, And so we deal with this a lot with people who come into um, the uh, come into the office, and like you were saying, it is a process. Educating yourself and giving yourself the freedom um, to go through the process is very important, not only for the, your emotional and mental health, but the health of any future relationship that you um, decide to get into as well. Absolutely. Wow. And we have the fabulous mm-hmm. Lisa Owens. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, well, thank you. Now, me, I am Lisa. I'm in Houston, Texas, a little bit outside of southeast of Houston. Uh, now, I have not been married. I'm 50. I'm single and never have been married. But I had to deal with someone who was married, just coming out of a divorce and a single father. And so with that, you know, it kind of helped me wake up to myself, if that's okay to say, mm-hmm. but to know that men are broken. And so a lot of times I found through this situation that broken men need help with themselves before they enter into another relationship with a woman. Because what I find is a lot of times men go from one relationship 
to another and they don't take time out to get any type of therapy or any type of healing, but because of who I am and where I have served in ministry, I understand and I've been able to help certain men overcome certain things. So that's kind of my stance is we as a people, we need to learn how to help each other, to be a friend to each other and to help each other heal instead of being, um, I don't I don't want to use the wrong word, but I guess what I'm trying to say is we don't want to look for someone to be that bomb for us without us trying to get some help on our own. Because with me, like I said, I've been the recipient on the other end, and it hurt me to my core to see how I was able to serve and to help someone rebuild their life, and then they walk out on me and act like I wasn't even there. But I understand, too, that sometimes God sends people to you for seasons, and they're not for a lifetime. So, like I said, me, I'm more, I've always been that type of person that has been like a healer. And I understand that, to not get mad at the person for what they're going through, but to help them push through so that when they go to their next relationship, they won't cause damage or harm to the other person. And that's a, and that's a, and I'm glad that we have her on the show because we never think about that. When we go, when we come out of one situation and we go on to another one, thinking about that other person, you know, when you're going through your growing pains, um, I consider a divorce, a breakup, those are growing pains. And so when we go through those growing pains and we add somebody else to that mix, um, that's a whole nother situation. And I'm glad we're going to talk about that today as well. And then we got established uh, St. Clair. Hey, Mr. St. Clair. Good evening. Good evening. How you ladies doing? We are good. Thanks How about you? Us. <laughs> Pretty good. So my name is Sean Sinclair. I'm an author, publisher, and life coach, right? And so I'm, I'm glad that we are having this show because it's very important to get a male perspective. I've never been married myself as far as legally, but I have been in a lot of situations that are like marriage. So I hope we can make the distinction that a piece of paper doesn't necessarily make you uh, married because we go through those same emotions if you've been inside of a long-term relationship or even if you mm-hmm. love you know, right. you go through those same type of emotions whenever you leave someone or when someone leaves you. It is like losing a piece of yourself. And I'm interested. I'm, I'm glad I'm here so I can share my approach as well because in my publishing business, I do a lot of memoirs, particularly with women. A lot of women come to tell their story. And I honestly, until recently, I didn't realize how much damage we as men do to our women, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've I've been on the front line, either through coaching or publishing a book, just learning so much about women and how much damage that the society does as a whole. However, I also want to add that men, we're, we do a lot, we, we get a lot of damage done to us as well, and we also hurt a lot of people. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here so we can offer our perspective. Absolutely. And then, Mr. Nitra? Yes, ma'am. How are you? <laughs> How are you? I am wonderful. I am wonderful, busy as always. Um, <laughs> my name is Anitra Sainz. I'm actually in Loganville, Georgia, so I'm about an hour outside of Atlanta. I am 
I wear multiple hats. So <laughs> I'm a pastor, an author, a life coach. I am a business owner of multiple businesses, and I also develop businesses. I'm a life coach as well. So I have been divorced um, actually more than once, and it is very important for men and women to realize that after divorce, there is a lot of emotional damage, not just physical, but there's a lot of emotional baggage that is left. And a lot of times women may tend to take a little more time to try and deal with it more so than men, but men are very damaged and they put on the, I can handle it, I'm okay, but they're really not okay. And then hurt people, hurt people. So the cycle continues until somebody decides to get some help. And then somebody else says, okay, I'm going to help you so that you don't help, you don't hurt yourself and don't hurt the next person. That's right. So counseling is definitely important. It is necessary. It should be a requirement <laughs> before you leave a relationship, whether it be marriage or it be a long-term relationship. Because either way, whenever you love someone and you are involved in someone, you involve a part of yourself in your life and you dedicate that part of you to someone. And once that part gets cut off, it's like having an amputation. You have to learn how to operate and function with that piece missing. doesn't mean that it can't be still utilized, but it has to be retrained how to deal with and how to function properly after being disconnected. Absolutely. And then we have our next fabulous guest, Justin. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, what's going on? What's up, Sean? It's been a long time, bro. How you been? Trust my man. What's going on, King? Man, bless Congrats, man. Bless. too. Congrats. I see you. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Thank you. How you doing, ladies? We are good. Um, we are good. Justin Q. Young, author and artist. Um, got a few few books published. Um, I feel like I'm an amazing artist if I if I get a chance to toot my own horn. Also, I have been, yeah, definitely serial entrepreneur. But also, also, you know, I am. I'm not gonna say newly divorced. I've been divorced over over a year now. But Lisa, Lisa, you said something, and Sean said something. Uh, you know, in your introductions, that kind of hit home. And actually, like I, I literally was was having an epiphany about me and my behavior patterns and how, you know, um, go from relationship to relationship. Um, you know, you said something, the last person right before Sean, excuse me, I forgot your name, but in terms of marriage and then when it doesn't work out and you get divorced, like I was so mad because I just felt like, like everybody around me had in my circle was was in these relationships and, you know, mm-hmm. seven years, eleven years, you know, and even though they might have had infidelity in their relationship, like they still found a way to make it work. And here I am, feeling like I'm so successful in these other areas in my life, but here I am showing up to be a failure in my own marriage. So when it didn't work out I kinda Definitely, definitely was mad, and um, you know, I just reverted back to doing, you know, what I normally do. Like you say, hurt people, hurt people. So my epiphany, you know, that I had literally just yesterday, because I was ready to, 
throw in the towel on this in on this uh relationship that I was currently in is that you know these different situations that I find myself in um you know I be with phenomenal women God just be putting these women in my life, man, that just, you know, constantly, you know, want to uplift me. They want to, you know, come in. If I look at the person themselves, they want to come in and they just want to help and aid and, and just be me. Um, what I what I realized with myself is that I'm not the best communicator. Um, I realized also that, you know, when it comes a time when these women want to hold me accountable or whatever, or be more vulnerable, um, you know, I, I kind of look at little small things and I magnify them. And then I use that to be like, yo, you said this or you did that, and I hold on to it, and I use that as an excuse to throw them away. Like I'm very dismissive, and I and I learned that about myself just, just looking back at the past situations that I've been in. So, I'm definitely looking forward to um, to the conversation and communication that we're going to have today. Absolutely. And then we got the fabulous Baker Bay. Hey, April. Hey, y'all. Hey, how y'all doing? We are good. Good. Are we good? Y'all had some real good introductions. I'm just listening. <laughs> listen, y'all. Don't listen to her because she helped you get the bag after all that. Let me get that well, bag. That is, that is, that is good. <laughs> but I, some great introductions there. Y'all seem like a real smart group of people. Um, I am, um, I'm happy to be here. Thank y'all for having me. Um, I'm divorced, so I know exactly what we're talking about, and he tried to take my money, so, you know, I'm listening. I didn't even know men took money. So, you know, I'm I'm so used to the women on the TV taking the money going the other way. So, yeah, we got to protect ourselves, ladies, just like men. You got to protect yourselves, but um, I'm excited to be here. Thank you all for having me. Absolutely. So we're going to go back up and start with um, Dr. Rushing um, because Justin says something that um, I don't think a lot of people think about when he talks about failure. Talk about um, after the feelings people have after divorce because there are like five stages of divorce. Can you talk about those stages uh, and the feelings people have? Yes, definitely. Um, so the stages, we have to, like you said earlier um, about divorce being a death, and that is exactly what it is. It is a death, and we have to allow ourselves the space and the freedom to um, go through the different stages. And the first one would be denial, um, being in the denial state of your grief after the divorce. And then we have anger. Um, and then bargaining, depression, and then finally acceptance. And I believe until we get to the place of um, acceptance, and acceptance have many different moving parts in it, accepting your own role in it, um, accepting um, things that you may have, um, you may have um, paid it in, to cause the, the divorce, the end of the marriage, accepting that, 
and then accepting your role in the in the marriage and accepting the fact that it is completely over and dissolved. Um, and so we have to allow ourselves the mental capacity to go through these different stages. And there's no cookie cutter, cookie cutter time to um, how long you should be in the stages or um, one way works for someone else. Like you have to truly understand your own process and go through your process alone. Um, um, one of the things that uh, the last gentleman that uh, had spoken was talking about the um, failure. We have to we have to be very mindful of the thoughts that we take after divorce and not allowing our thoughts to become our identity. Um, one of the things that I heard him uh, say was about the way that he will just cut off. And so um, his action is because of the thoughts that he has of failure. And that's very common after a divorce because a lot of times people look at divorce as a failure and then they take that identity on. And instead of healing from the loss of the marriage, they take on the identity of failure and then it begins to show up in new relationships. It also shows up in different aspects of business, the way that they receive love, the way that they receive new relationships, even the way that they now see themselves. And so it begins to affect different areas. So we have to be very mindful of the thoughts that we take on um, because our thoughts create the results that we see in our lives. I definitely agree. Uh, and I'm glad that you brought that up um, because Lisa talked about the other side of it. And, Sha- and um, Justin touched on that about being in a relationship. Uh, she touched on the other side about the other person on the in the relationship uh, with someone that is newly divorced. You know, that's a whole process um, that the other person has to deal with. So what are your thoughts, just just briefly? Okay. Well, I dealt with a guy who was separated, going through divorce, and I was there through the process. And, of course, last year, everything was shut down. We were in a pandemic, and I was like, okay. And then once everything opened, then he really showed me who he was. And so for me, I could not accept it because I thought, how could you do this to me when I'm the one that was there to help you rebuild your life? And so that took a toll on me personally. And I am still struggling with that, you know, because we are still – you know, as friends talk, but it's just like, okay, last year you said, Lisa, you know, I can't give you what you want right now. Just be patient. But I've been patient. <clears throat> the divorce will be final a year. You know, it's a year anniversary mark at the end of this month. And through my being patient, he started a whole nother relationship with someone else and then had two or three others on the side. So for me as a woman, it made me feel like less than it it did. It made me feel like, damn, you know, should I look this way? Should I dress this way? Should I bend this way or whatever? And it, it didn't even bother him because he is a good looking man. Like I'm a good looking woman. 
except for there are more women that need a man. So when a good-looking man approach them, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, you know. But as far as women, we don't always get that same thing on the on the reverse. And so I made up in my mind, I said, well, Lisa, he is a single father of a minor. So for me, I said, I'd never in my life again, and I promise this, well, at 50 years old, date another man that is a single dad, whether he's a single dad, divorced, whatever his situation is, if he has children under the age of 21, that was a no for me. And I just met an attorney. He's worth over $7 million. He has a 10 and a 12-year-old, but because you have minor children because of the hurt that I'm still trying to get over, I can't do it. Because I'm once I give you my all, I give you that. I'm too old to play games with grown people. But then at the flip side, I also had to realize I was dealing with a grown, broken boy. So a lot of times men don't deal with childhood issues as well as women. And we grow up as adults in society by age years, but we don't deal with the aspect of we are broken children. And so until a man or a woman, but in my situation, dealing with a grown man, man, he was a grown, broken boy, and he is a grown, broken boy. So for me to even say, hey, I'm coming to visit, oh, that's an issue. Okay, you got some issues you need to deal with, and that don't include Lisa. And so for me, I'm still going through a healing process. I'm going to say I'm at 90% more than I was at 10 a couple months ago. But... To me, I feel like when it comes to men, if a man cannot be honest with a woman, us as women should not take that personally. We need to look at that. It's just that's something he has to deal with within himself. And another thing that I have found, being with him, being his friend, just going through all this, and I even brought up either one of these marriages that you had. Did you ever ask, before you even asked the woman to marry you, did you ever go to God? And so a lot of times, oh, she looked good, he looked good. He got money, she got the look, she got the body or whatever. It's God. But a lot of times we don't even go to God. And if we go to God first, God will sometimes, we already know the answer, but we don't want to believe that. So we just going to do what we want to do. And then this is the end result. But at what point do men learn how to get on their knees, bow before God and say, God, who is this woman standing before me? Is she the one that you have for me? Is she the one that you predestined for me when I was in my mother's womb? A lot of men don't do that. A lot of women don't even, don't either. I'm not going to throw us women and say we perfect. But I think once we learn how to put God first, and say, who is this standing before us? God, who is this? Is this who you created for me when I was in my mother's womb, just like when he was in his mother's womb? Is this who you want me to be with? And I think if we go through that first, because, see, God ain't going to never lead us wrong, but we leave him out, and then we want to bring him in when we get hurt. You see what I'm saying? So for me, in this situation, I said, okay, Lord, I'm dealing with this. Help me. Help me heal of me before I enter into another relationship. Because the last thing I want to do is paint a brother with the same brush that the other brother had. Because that's not fair to him. That's not fair. All men are not dogs, and nor all women. Hoes, if you follow me. 
But I think if we put God first and go to God and say, Lord, is this who you have for me? I got a question, though, Lisa. Do you approve this? Yeah. I got a question, though, Lisa. Come on. Yeah, Lisa, uh, so, so my question is this because, like, everything that you just spoke on, literally, I just lived. So I was in two situations. Um, mm-hmm. I was I was with a, I was with a young lady, and for close to a year, I was with her. Uh, she was she was living in Maryland. Her daughter got killed by a drunk driver. I was with her through it all, mm. you know, just trying to comfort her and everything. Now this lady, right? I can tell you, is perfect. The only the only thing that I can say was was flawed about her was just the distance and me being able to, you know, enjoy her company when I wanted, right? So mm-hmm. bring, bringing in situation number two. Situation number two, I told her off the rip, like, I don't want to be in a relationship. We can go out, hang, we, we took trips, was great company. She made six figures, had her own, like, another perfect situation, right? So mm-hmm. bring, in, bring in girl number three. So when girl comes in number three, she's super spiritual. She's ideal. You know, we in the same. We in the same. Uh, you know, she's a female version of myself. This lady moved me so much that I deaded the first two situations just just on a leap of faith, right? So mm-hmm. when you say when you say. Um, when you say, you know, the guys, did they pray for this woman and stuff of that nature? Like, my woman, my current, my current lady now tells me, like, she didn't pray for me. You know what I'm saying? And I always ask her, like, what did you pray for? And she's very specific. But on the flip side, like, I'm not spiritual. Like, the, the, my main attraction that I love about my current lady is because she is super spiritual. She poor, like, she speaks life. I love the fact that mm-hmm. every every day she prays with her son, and she at the end of the night she tells her son, "Man, thank you for being a good son." And his response, "Thank you for being a good mother." Like I love that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I I got close to her because for me, I'm not spiritual, but I'm trying to learn the whole spirituality piece. You know what I'm saying? So when you say, "Look," You know, when these dudes get with these women that's at the third, are they praying? Like, nah, I didn't pray without a shadow of a doubt. Nah, I ain't pray. Like, I don't, I couldn't even, like, I know now how to, but that wasn't on the forefront of my mind when I was married. Did I pray for that lady? Like, I can't tell you how or why, you know what I'm saying, or just these different guys that you may meet or come across. Like, we don't be thinking about that until, you know, we then went in, in and out several relationships and they continue to be, you know, failed relationships. And then at some point or another, we started to look at ourselves and say, but damn, it ain't really the women. It's really us. Well, what we need to change about mm-hmm. us and we, when okay. we really honest, yeah, when we really honest and say, well, nigga, you keep running from relationship to relationship because they want to hold you accountable. You keep running because you're not vulnerable. You keep running because you're not communicating. Like you can you can make a post under 120 characters all day. Like you can smile and giggle and you can charm women, but when they when it's time for you to really put in that work, are you emotionally honest 
with the situations that you come in. And most dudes, yo, most dudes are still playing games because, like you said yourself, what one lady won't do, man, there's several more that will, and they won't hold you accountable because they want to have fun with you. They want to spend your money. They want to do X, Y, Z. They're going to get whatever they can get out of you quick, fast, and in a hurry. And, and as long as it's appeasing you, like you can continue to be good. Absolutely. Um, as well. Because by you not only just being a life coach but being a man, um, just be able to get that aspect, I think it's gonna be fabulous. I think it's a couple things, right? I wanna I wanna go back to what sister was saying prior to justice also, right? And this is not uh in my way of life, right? We have what you call a a cool off period, right? And typically that's ninety days. Like anytime you have a uh, you enter marriage or relationship, it's called a ninety day cool off period. And what that period is for during that period, you're not supposed to date, you're not supposed to see other people. You're really supposed to just work on yourself, right? To see number one, if that's truly what you want to do, and secondly, it to make sure there's no other children being involved. And more importantly, you can do the work because in our culture we have this saying that one way to the best way to get over one person is under or on top of another one, right? And that is the most asinine thing ever. That's exactly. One. Secondly, even in our law, uh, most most states, and I know in South Carolina, when you separate, you got to be separated for a year before you can even get a divorce, right? All all these things are put in place for a reason. You shouldn't be dating while you're separated, right? And like, true, uh, how bad I want to go on this? Like, okay, I've lived a few different ways as a man, right? And at one point, I was dating a married woman, right? And that right there should have been red flag number one. But because as men, what we want is what we want, you know, I roll with that. So that's, that's broken, right? And a lot of women out here, a lot of us out here, we get into this relationship before we're doing the work, right? I don't yeah. believe in chance, per se. I'm a verb. I'm a rational person. So as men, let me say this. Back to what Justin said. I'm sorry. I'm going to get back to that. I'm not. So what Justin said, that a lot of us pray for a certain woman, right? Well, a lot of us pray for a woman. But we we can't be, um, we can't mess up what we pray for. Because, see, a lot of times what we pray for, we're not getting because we're not ready for it. But every now and then, a window will open up and you'll get exactly what you prayed for. And if you're not ready, you're going to fumble the ball. And now you're broken. Now you're destroyed. Now you're hurt, right? And I'm I'm going to say this right now. Women love, excuse me, men love harder. It's just not as hard as women, believe it or not. If you look at the divorce rate, the majority of divorces are filed by women, not men. Men don't typically leave. Women do. That right there should tell you. Uh, we love just as hard as women do, right? But because we have so many options, for lack of a better word, it's hard for us to stay locked in and committed. But as men, penis doesn't make us a man. Our principles, our characters, our discipline, things of those nature that make us a man. A man. And if we want our woman to lead, or I should say if we want to lead our woman, we need to be stand-up men and doing the work. But a lot of us aren't doing the work because we come into this relationship broken. And as Justice said, there are so many women who there are so many women who would take us in our broken state because they're not trying to build us up. They're not trying to build with us. They're just trying to deal with us. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And just to, if I can interject on that comment, mm-hmm. now my situation, I oh. was trying to really help him to heal, mm-hmm. to be a part of the healing process. I, I wasn't looking for anything. 
I got a question. I wasn't for looking you. for your money. For who? For you. So for my me? question would be mm-hmm, my question would be why? Oh. So I think a lot so of people I was a friend. Okay, you know, I'm gonna answer that. Go ahead. Okay, to the why is because me is who I am. If I'm your friend, I'm your friend. Whether we're in a relationship or where we're not. Whether we're not, if I am your friend, Lisa Owens, if I'm your friend, I'm going to be mm-hmm. your friend. I wasn't looking for nothing in return or any. I just looked at my friend need help, and I'm going to help my friend. And that's all I was looking at. Well, it turned into something through that, but then a situation arose the day after Thanksgiving, and it went a whole different sure. direction, and then I got slapped down so to speak. But I did it just not looking for nothing. We were friends. I knew your situation. So only thing I could do was be a friend to you to help you because I got tired of seeing men getting torn down, beat down, but nobody's ever there to help lift them up. So I did it from a, from my heart. I was, like I said, no ulterior motives, no hidden agendas or anything. But on the back side of that was everything open down here in Texas and everything was, quote, unquote, getting back to normal. Oh, well, F you, so to speak. And I'm going on doing this, that, and the other, but still want to have ties to me. And so I'm at the point where I'm just, hey, how you doing? You you all right? Okay. And I leave it there, no sleeping in the bed, no none of that, because I know what you're about. But at the time that I did that to help him, I did it as I am your friend. Because first of all, and I, and I know this happens a lot, you like me, I like you, we're going to be together. But nobody tries to be a friend first. You got to be friends first. Even if it evolves into a relationship, if it don't work, at least you still have a friend. <clears throat> the thing that hurt me most was, he started a whole other relationship, and then had two more on the side. And I had to find that out. He don't know I know like I do, and I never even did that. I said, okay, then it's time for me to just leave this where it's at, and it's time for me to move on and do other things. And so the why was oh. I did can it. I, can, I did it I because I was a friend. Can I say something mm-hmm. to you real quick? This is April. Hey, y'all, hey. Um, hey, April. Hey, girl. No, you forgot you the prize in this situation. In this whole situation, you keep talking about being his friend, but he ain't talking about being your friend. You trying to heal somebody, but you haven't healed yourself. And I tell you this because every like I'm probably opposite of everybody on this call. When I got divorced, I didn't care. Once I'm done, I cut people off. I'm through. I'm ready to go. Like once you do something to me, I'm like, okay, you screw my cat, I screw your dog. We gone. And I think I'm a little bit different than other people, and I get that, right? But I think a lot of times, as women, right, because I've been there. I was just dating this guy, and I was helping him because I'm a fixer. Fixer. You fix things for people. You are a fixer. You friend zones yourself. So he sees you as a friend, so that's why he doesn't have a problem dating other people. And even when he did you wrong, guess what you did? You kept being a friend. Mm-hmm. Because that's what you put yourself as. That's the label you label your. You said that like twelve mm-hmm. times in that thing. You are his friend. So in his mind, you're friends with benefits. That yeah, let me ask the relationship in the first place. But what I'm going to tell you is that I kind of had a similar situation. I was helping this guy out, doing my thing or whatever. Then this other girl inboxed me. 
as soon as she inboxed me, I don't need to be your friend no more because you got somebody who can uh, help you do all the stuff that I was doing. You don't need me. He texted me every day how much he loved me and missed me. I don't care because at that point, once somebody breaks your trust like that, he's not your friend. He's not your friend. You're convenient, and you right. don't deserve that. You don't deserve to be convenient to nobody, especially somebody who you have feelings for. I can hear it in your voice, sweetheart. You have feelings for this guy. You're not just his friend. You like this guy. And there's nothing wrong with liking people because I can hear it in your voice. And I know I know that like because I've been in like before. But I'm, just, I'm telling you, you're going to have to learn to let him think by himself. And let the mm-hmm. certain women that he feels that can replace you do their thing. Because until you let him go and let him do it, because you're there for him. You're, you're, you're like home base. And, you, and mm-hmm. nobody wants to be home base, right? That means he don't went around all the other bases before he got back to you. Don't, don't right. be home base for him. And I'm sorry, because I know I talk about money, but I'm just telling you that because that's something that I, I hate for women to feel like that because you are the prize. I don't care how many <laughs> men to women ratio there is out there. Every woman out here ain't doing what you can do. Ain't woman, I ain't no woman right. out here that got what you got because you are you. And so I don't care. I have I have fifty dudes in my inbox tonight and won't give a darn about neither one of them because every woman ain't me. So you can't do that ratio stuff because if you if you truly believe that God put somebody on this earth for you, that means that guy is gonna love you for you. And so you ain't got to worry about if he went to God first. You ain't got to worry about who he prayed. You know, you ain't got to worry about if he prayed about it first because you should know that because you will know that he's for you. So you've got to think about that one a little bit deeper. Let me, let me ask you. This is where, this is why I'm glad we have a male perspective, right? And this is not taking, I'm not discounting any of y'all experiences, but I've said this numerous times. Men don't want friendships from women. We got enough homies to hang with, right? Men don't look at women as friends. Women, a female friend to a man, nine times out of ten, is just a woman who he hasn't let hit yet, or who he doesn't want to make his main. And so many That's women keep. I've, I've been saying this for years, right? Now, mind you, I said nine times out of ten. I ain't saying all, but if 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 a man is being honest, right? I'm now now there are some some certain um. There are certain exceptions to the rule, right? But the majority of men, and just you can tell me if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, the majority of men ain't trying to have a friendship, just a, just a friendship with a woman. Now, if they've been dating before and it didn't work out, and you know, you, you, that could be a different story. But by and large, a lot of men aren't looking to just be friends with women. That's not how we're wired. It goes against nature. We, we, we did date. Women, my, my, my we did women. date. We courted and dated. You know. Right, but what he's yeah, that's, saying that's, is that that's, that's you courted and you dated, but he courted, he dating means that you date multiple people. So mm-hmm. when you think about courting and dating, you're thinking exclusivity. He wasn't being exclusive. He was dating. And dating means yeah. that you date three, four, and five people. But uh, I like what Sean said about honesty. If we are honest about the intent behind the things that we do, men and women. Mm-hmm. I think it would make the dating process easier. If you are a man and you like to date multiple women, you know, and we read them in books and we see it on TV, we, I, we always find that a man puts himself 
in an awkward position because he puts himself in a position where he can't tell the truth. He wants to date multiple mm-hmm. people. Just tell people, listen, I date multiple people. I think it's called polyamory. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you have to give that person a choice. See, when you take that person's choice away, that's a problem. But Dr. Rushing, I mm-hmm. want you to talk a little bit about trauma bonding. Because, you know, a lot of times Ooh, we don't cool. understand that a lot of times our pain are, is what brings us together. And that's not necessarily um, love. Did we lose Dr. Rushing? No, I'm here. I'm well, can here. I say um, something before he, can ahead. I say hold something on, before on. Dr. Rushing asks? Hold on real quick. Let her just hop in here for two seconds. Go okay. ahead, Dr. Rushing. So a lot, um, a lot of times when we um, have unresolved issues that we don't deal with, that is usually what shows up when we entertain date or um, allow ourselves to be in any type of relationship. Um, and so it's not really us that is coming into partnership with somebody. It's the brokenness that's inside of us. And then our brokenness is attracted to their brokenness, and that is what's in a relationship, not the actual people. And then when the representative goes away and the actual person shows up, it's like, oh, wait a minute, I didn't see that. I was blinded to that, and it's because you you didn't look through your own eyes. You looked at them from a place of pain, unresolved issues, and trauma, and that is what came into a bond, and that is what was in a relationship. And then when the truth of them, then it's like, oh, no, that's not something I want to deal with. And I agree with everything that um, the other queen um was saying, you know, you put yourself in the friendship zone. And so as I was hearing you talk, um, I would ask what is inside of you that would um, make you feel like that you deserve to do all all of the things that you did, but you didn't reciprocate what you was giving? And, you know, to be honest, I I just went with the flow. I wasn't thinking about any of that. It was just at the moment, I just went through it. But then I also went through counseling myself to figure what is it about me that I'm doing wrong to get this kind of, these kind of men too. And something that I did learn was if you don't heal from your pain, you're going to cut on people that you're going to bleed on people that didn't cut you. Mm -hmm. And so I just didn't think about none of that until here recently. So I can say that I don't know. If so I don't know, I just don't. Times we attract who we are at our core. So right. for example, if every man that we come across is emotionally unavailable, it's because you yourself are really emotionally unavailable. Not saying that's what you are, but whatever it is at the core, that's what your energy is going to draw in. Um, and I think as women, we don't think about that. We don't think about our real intentions. If you are working, if you have ambitions, if you have things that you want to do, that's your first priority, uh, opposed to a relationship. You see what I'm saying? So you move a little bit differently mm-hmm. from dating to a relationship. And I know they always say, you never marry the person that you dated. 
and the person that you were married to is never the same person that you divorced. They have changed along the lines um, throughout the journey, and we don't think about that, that person's change, and we don't make room for change, and we don't give ourselves grace. We give grace and love and understanding to so many different people, and then we say we have trust issues, and it's not that we have trust issues because we will go to a restaurant and eat, we will sit down in a chair and don't worry if we're going to fall, but the trust issue comes from us not trusting our own judgment when our heart is involved, um, and I know that's sometimes something that I struggle with, making sure that I'm 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 tend to overthink things because now I'm trying to make sure that I'm paying attention, not just to the other person, but paying attention to myself. Um, Ms. Nisha, I want you to hop in here because being a pastor uh, and a life coach, I think you have so many jewels that you could drop right now. I am listening and taking it all in. And as I'm listening, um, that actually was my very first thought. Um, when April chimed in, is that don't you know that the Word of God says that we are the good thing and the favor? So if you are the good thing and the favor, yes, as women, we generally are natural nurturers. We want to fix things. We want to fix people. But we have to first make sure that we are fixed. And in being fixed, that means we have to be focused on God and who he tells us that we are and fulfill our purpose prepare ourselves, be a complete and whole Sunday. What is a Sunday? A Sunday is the Sunday glass, three scoops of your favorite ice cream with whipped cream with um, hot fudge or caramel on top. And if you so choose to get a topping of whipped cream, cherries, Oreos, gummies, pecans, whatever, then it makes it pretty. So what does that mean to us? We have to have our self together, our whole being. What are our three scoops? The three scoops are our mind, our body, and our spirit. Whether you believe in God or you believe in something else, you have to have a mental capacity to be able to understand and comprehend who you are. Spiritually, you have to have an understanding and a grasp of who you are. And then physically, you need to make sure that that you're healthy. And so a lot of times as women... We get so caught up in wanting to nurture and help that we forget, hey, I'm my daddy's favorite. God God said I'm the apple of his eye. So which means if I'm the good thing, he should be pursuing me, not me pursuing him. Not saying that you're pursuing him, but in in, in the essence you were because you were pursuing him to be his friend. And in pursuing him to be his friend, he has to show himself friendly. So, yes, he's hurt. Yes, he needs some things to overcome but he has to want to overcome. He has to want a friend. He has to want to make a change. And that means that the relationship has to be reciprocal. Reciprocal means that you give some, you get some. Whenever you give more than you get and you get more than you give on a repeated basis, that is the definition of abuse. Whenever you don't understand the purpose, place of a person, place, or thing, if you don't understand who they are and what they're supposed to do in your life, you will abnormally use it, which means you're going to abuse it. That's the definition of abuse, abnormal use. So if you don't understand the purpose of a curling iron and you try to fry eggs with it, what's going to happen? It's not going to work. And can so, I tell you this? 
Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. <laughs> no, Go ahead, I was no just going to tell her fixing people, fixing is, is her love language. Don't let yeah. nobody change yeah. that. That show, that's that's who you are. That's who you are at your core. You, you, that's just how you show love. That's where you find your, um, that's what you think people need you That's for. her peace. That's yeah, your peace. That, that, you that, feeling that needed is, is your peace. <laughs> feeling needed. When somebody needs you, you feel like you got them. You feel like I'm doing this because when I feel needed, I feel worthy. Now, that, that what you need to realize is that, that you need yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'll tell you, I was married. I was miserable married. I'm probably the wrong person <laughs> for this call, but I hated being married. <laughs> I hated I hated having to wake up to somebody and feeling like I had to put clothes on. I hated that. You know, I was married for nine years, and I'm, I'm just being honest with y'all. I, I totally hated being married. But then I had to realize yourself. I just couldn't be myself. I realized I hated being married to him. And yes. I don't want you to go through that because you're going to force yourself to get married to somebody who's not going to love you, who's not going to appreciate you, who's not going to care about you. And then you're going to be like, man, but I'm married. No, sweetheart. If I could go back and do it again, it would have saved me 60 grand too. But I would have went back and not, you not have married him because he didn't appreciate or even love who I was. He didn't know nothing. I like ratchet music. We was listening to talk radio. Girl, I was doing everything I could <laughs> to this man. I did not give a darn about no politics or talk radio. All I wanted to do was go make my money. And then I remember one day he told me, he said, I should have been an accountant. And I was like, why? You didn't even pass accounting in college. And he said, I did all your homework. And he said, because I'm supposed to be the one making the money. Now I know you're not my husband because you're worried about, my, you're worried about what I'm doing over here because I ain't never said nothing to you about money. See, you got to know spirits, baby. Spirits is out there. Them spirits he are was to you. Yeah, you was, he, wasn't, he was competing with me, and I wasn't competing with him. So I knew he wasn't my husband because my husband going to be like, girl, I don't care how much money you make. We're going to bow till you file. That's what you do. I'm supposed to make money. That's what I'm, that's what I'm here for. I write financial books. That's what I do. But when somebody's not comfortable within themselves, see, that guy ain't comfortable within himself. And I don't care if nobody say how you're supposed to parade around and be there for a man. A man's supposed to want to be there for you, too. It's supposed to be a two-way street. If you, if he, uh, he got to be there and want to be who you want him to be, just like you got to be who he wants you to be. And I think that at the end of the day, you have to realize you're just the fixer, and you was trying to fix it. And that's your love but language. But he wasn't ready to be but, fixed. But he wasn't ready to be fixed. He was ready to hoe. He's been well, divorced. Yeah, he out there. And if you and, if you and you ready to get buck wild with him, you go right ahead. But if you're not, you gotta say, you know what, I'm gonna let you do your thing and I'm gonna step back. And you gotta be okay with it. But that goes yeah, you back be okay to with and you know, reciprocal. It's gotta be yeah. reciprocal. And and I don't I disagree with that though. Right. Like for, for me example. I'm not one I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Hold on, Sean. No. I, I don't okay. chase or anything like that. I, I I don't do that at all. You know, I can he can call me. I don't if I can't answer my phone that day, I don't. If it's the second day, if he get me on the third day, he going on a rent. But if I call him, he don't answer. I don't do that. I, I just be like, but you home base because he know you gonna eventually answer. That's why he go on the rent because well, he know you gonna eventually well, answer. Everybody has well, that one old faith. Not one say old faithful, but. They got that one person that they know in any situation, in any season, first of all, you know who he is to his core. You already know and accept him for who he is. So he knows that 
whatever he is and whoever he is at that moment, you will accept that of him um, because he knows that you really truly have love for him. It's not just something that's random. The thing is that it's not what he wants to give you, but what he needs from you is your energy. What he needs from you is your approval. What he needs from you is your your peace that you provide to him. You see what I'm saying? He needs the things that you provide to him um, that help him to grow. And most of the time in those situations, that is supposed to be your wife. So if you are here fighting and bumping, you need to go call Sheila when you feel in a way. Call Sandy or call Susie, but you can't call me. You need to take your energy from him. I think, I think a lot of that, right, what I was saying if that's your language, and it goes back to having knowledge of self, knowing who you are, a lot of things, a lot of times when we have so much resentment when relationships end, it's because we're not being true to who we are, and we changed ourselves for that person, so then we're like, well, dang, I did all this for that person. Like, for example, right, me, my love language, like my woman woman, my, my lady, I like to give gifts. I'm a gift giver, among other things, but I love to give gifts. I don't care. That, that's just my way, right? So if our relationship don't work, I'm not going to sit back and count all the money that I wasted on gifts because that's not a waste to me. Because for that moment and that time, that was my heart and my soul, and I, I tried my best to please her. So that's my love language. It has little to do with her and more to do with how I express my love. Hopefully she's receptive to it. But I'm not going to blame her. You know what? She used me. She took all this right. Nah, because that's what I wanted her to have because we were in it. So a lot of times we can't take things personal. When we take things personal, that's when that anger and resentment tend to settle in. Once we understand that we're all in our own personal journeys in life and we all have our own things that we're going through, and you approach a situation that, look, I'm doing the best and being the best that I possibly can, I think that it takes some of that resentment out of it because at the end of the day, if you came into a situation with your best, you didn't lose that person. That person lost you, and you have to be okay with that. Exactly. Absolutely. Now I want to. Hold on, real quick, y'all, because Justin said something really good in the beginning. He talked about um, basically self-sabotage. Justin, I want you just to stand on that mm-hmm. when you uh, talked about being out there and and dating and then being so quick to cut someone off. Um, talk about that process and and what. What is your, like, because we don't know a man's mindset. You know what I'm saying? Honestly, what y'all are honestly thinking and feeling. Um, so I want you to just drop some rules just a little bit. Because we all self-sabotage our relationships. Um, the good ones, because we're afraid, and you did talk about that. You talked about um, not being able to be vulnerable. I just want you to tap in and expand on those because uh, you did drop some real good jewels right there. Did we lose Justin? No, we still got him. Is your phone on mute, Justin? I think women self sabotage too. I know I do. We do. Oh, Justin, what about that? I don't like my food to touch. Uh, because you talked about in the beginning um, how quick that you were ready to end a relationship that you knew was a good relationship and how we tend to self-sabotage ourselves. And you brought a point up of not wanting to be vulnerable. Um, yeah. And I wanted to I mean, I, a little bit on that. Oh, the whole vulnerability. 
I mean, because my, like I, I know I got trust issues, you know what I'm saying? So if, um, like, I don't think a lot of times we find ourselves in these situations where we honest about, or do we commu- always communicate what triggers us? You know what I'm saying? Like, like my lady can ask me, you know, tell me what, is there anything that I'm doing wrong or how, where do you need me? And I always used to be like, man, I'm good. If you ever do something, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know. But after having some conversation with, you know, other married couples and stuff, they were like, nah, you should already know, like, what you don't like. Because you've been in past relationships, so you already know um, you don't like to be handled. You don't like to be, you know, um, not valued. You know, just just those two two quick examples. But because I didn't communicate that, you know, she like, look, I'm just, I'm like blind. I'm just going and just being, and I'm not knowing, you know, what's what's triggering you. And then when she when when she do do something that triggers me, now I'm. Like, man, hold on. Now I'm going on the defense. So it was a particular situation where um, something came up, and I'm like, yo, hold on. What are we doing? Are we in a situation where we actually going to be building? Because I don't want to be in a situation where I'm feeling like you take, take, take it. And she was like, what you mean take, take, take it? You don't pay my bills. You don't give me no money um, to get my hair done or give me money when I go out of town. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that right there triggered me to a whole nother level because now I'm already feeling like my value is being questioned. Mind mm-hmm. you, when I got out of the, uh, the marriage, I'm already, you know, um, Lisa talked about earlier as far as, you know, the whole guilt thing or feeling like, um, you know, the failure and, you know, how we take on, you know, these different attributes and stuff. So, um, you know, I'm already looking at myself like, damn, I feel I wasn't of value in the marriage. Now she's triggering me again, feeling like I'm not value in this relationship. You know what I'm saying? So in terms of vulnerability and stuff, like I should have communicated, you know, what these triggers were, what, um, what my expectations was of the relationship and stuff, you know what I'm saying? But um, it wasn't until, you know, we, we sat down and really had conversations like, look, let's be honest, like what's really going on? So instead of me magnifying something so small and making it so big, it was just me having that honest conversation like, look, this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling vulnerable or I'm, I'm not feeling valued because of X, Y, Z. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's really the real issue. It's not really you. It's really me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's that's what it was. In that direction, I want you to hop in because we we, we all um, have that moment where, one, we're self-sabotaging, and, two, that communication um, lacks in a relationship, and we we tend to not communicate until after we're triggered. So the first thing is we have to understand and identify what our triggers are. And then we have to um, identify the thoughts that we have um, that come associated with the triggers. So um, when you are, when you are triggered, 
understanding and acknowledging that's a trigger for me. So now I need to, to now I need to communicate. Um, but we have to we have to be vulnerable enough and trust ourselves enough that we love that we have enough love and or either like for the person that the fear of them rejecting us or not respecting us or not re- or uh, not receiving us is not there because that will be a barrier that we'll put a wall up and then we won't communicate how we feel when we're triggered because we hide behind the barrier of the fear of this is too familiar this is a this is a familiar place of hurt this is a familiar place of rejection and abandonment and so we have to be willing to be vulnerable and not um, not putting together everything from our past into everything in our future that we're trying to rebuild. Um, and so we have we have to be okay with be we have to be okay with being okay with being vulnerable and opening ourselves up and not treating our future as if it is our past. Um, because moving forward after a divorce, you know, the, um, I'm married now but i've been divorced two times um and so going through those two divorces i was completely emotionally shut off when my husband was introduced to me um i i wasn't even trying to entertain the thought of dating anybody or even getting to know someone else because of fear fear of being hurt again, fear of wasting time in a relationship, all of those things. Um, And so I had to understand, so I had to learn my triggers and moving forward. And if something that he did caused me to be in a familiar place that was familiar to previous pain, I had to be okay with being vulnerable enough with, that makes me feel uncomfortable. I need you to know that if you do this, this is the reaction that is going to come out of that because that's a trigger for me. And I had to be okay with saying that. And then I had to trust enough that he respected me enough to then acknowledge my trigger and us work through it together. Absolutely. And I think another thing that I've learned is it is a whole process. Like I've even thought about the fact that even the music that I listen to has to be rebooted. I think that you have to definitely reboot yourself after any relationship has ended. You have to reboot yourself and and, kind of come to terms and have a come to Jesus moment with yourself. Um, But right down to the music that I listen to, you know, I have to, I have this thing now, the intent behind what I'm doing, like, why am I doing this? So, if I'm listening to a particular song, why am I listening to this song? And certain songs trigger certain uh, feelings. And I think that, and I just feel that we put ourselves back in those same situations because we go back to the same music. We go back to, and you know, sometimes people spin the block. So you go back to an old relationship and you you don't continue to move forward. Um, and I like what April said. It's like, listen, let's let's get what we got to get and let's let's go ahead on. And sometimes we do have to be quiet. And being quiet means being 
to ourselves. So not necessarily um, being in a relationship because there is a difference between relationships and dating. And sometimes we, as women, get into these dating situations and we don't understand or we're not paying attention to the fact that we're looking for a relationship and he's dating. We don't know how to date. It's a whole process. And you have to make sure that you are checking yourself before you step into that situation. Now, I want to go back because... We want to bring April in to talk about the financial side because for all that have been um, married and divorced, there is financial, most of the time you're financially not okay. You know, your finances are not okay. Your living situation is not okay. Your credit is not okay. Uh, I want you to talk about ways to rebuild those things so that you can rebuild your financial foundation um, so that you are okay financially and you can heal a little bit easier. Can y'all hear me? Hey. Yes, ma'am. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, y'all. I had to get dinner going. I had, uh, <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be on this call this long, so I apologize. Um, well, I think the first thing is you just got to assess where you are, right? Because a lot of, we're talking about breakups and we're talking about finances and we're talking about finances and breakups. We have to just stop and look at where you are. If you're getting a divorce, you're gonna have to look at their divorce decree. I know me and my ex husband, we had a we had a time going through what belonged. We even though we did not even share money, and I think that's one of the big misconceptions that people are gonna share money or I have a prenup. But whatever's made during that marriage also comes uh, into play. And so we went through a hard, hard time. Um, trying to separate money, especially if you feel like you're the breadwinner. In our situation, I was the one who made the most money, so it was him coming for me. And it was almost embarrassing for me. And so as a woman or as a man, you have to just assess where you are once y'all break up. Build your foundation from there. And that's separating your – if you are in the point where you're separating investment accounts or whatever that is, you just have to reestablish. And that's really, really hard. It's it's easier said than done. But I always say get a financial journal. You guys should really read my book, uh, Recovering from Financial Heartbreak. That's a plug. Um, But when you get ready to recover from your financial heartbreak, the first thing is be honest with yourself. Who were you in the marriage, and who do you need to be now? Like you said, a lot of things get intertwined. A lot of people get to commingling things. Luckily for me, we never commingled anything except credit cards, and he got mad at me one day and took me off the cards. Cool. All right. Now i got to reestablish who I am. So I would just say start at the beginning and make sure you got your foundation because now you're a single person, so now your expenses and things will have to change for somewhat. So now you're thinking, okay, now I have all the household bills or maybe before your husband contributed to some of those household bills. So I would just say if you guys are going to restart those finances, start with the foundation. Start, look at that credit report, see where you're – is somebody drinking something? You know, look at that credit report. I'm sorry, that was me. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, that was me. I didn't know y'all came for me. I was like, somebody is, because I'm thirsty. You made my mouth dry. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm just joking. Uh, start at that foundation. And when I say start at 
the foundation. I want you to look at the credit report. I want you to look at your bank account. And you know what it takes to be you. Start working on that emergency fund. Start working on that rainy day fund. Put all that stuff back in place. It's just like starting over from college. And some of the stuff you're going to already have in place. You probably have your 401K in place. You're going to have things like that. You have your home. Check out your equity in your home. If you have to sell your home, look at what you're going to do with that because that turns into capital gains. So it's so much to look at once you're doing that. But you know what? You could do it. It's possible. And just get ready because, I mean, it's a roller coaster. But, but hey, guess what? You're free. I know it's more important to me to be free than a little bit of coins because if God lets you make them before, you can make them again, child. So I was the first step. Look at where you are and be honest with yourself. Girl, look, if you did it before, you'll do it again. That's what I tell everybody. So I don't don't mind giving up. Don't mind giving up money, because money is just money is just a, a byproduct. Be be happy with your peace and your freedom, and now to see how you start to rebuild. And you'll realize you, I have so many of my friends who have gotten divorces, who work corporate jobs and did all this stuff. And when they got divorced, it was such a sense of freedom. They were able to go out and start their businesses. They were able to start saving money for real. And like, I didn't even know I could save money because while they were married, they were unhappy. And unhappy people do unhappy things. Like they do emotional shopping. They do emotional eating. That's why when women get divorced, you'll see them lose weight. You'll see them start glowing up. It ain't that they uh, didn't have it before. It's just when you don't have peace. When you don't have your peace and your peace of mind, you can't flourish another way. So get that mess out your pocketbook so you can put your money, girl, and let's start. That's all I got to say. Absolutely. And, Mr. Misha, because I know that you do financial and business as well, I want you to drop some jewels on the financial side for the rebuilding. And doing the rebuilding, it's like you have to first release all that negative foolishness that buffoonery that's in your mind, all those negative thoughts, all the stuff that your ex told you that you couldn't do, wasn't going to do, weren't good enough to do, the stuff when you was a little girl and you had was a little girl with issues and you grew up to be a big girl with little girl issues and big girl means. And what that means is when we are hurt, we don't mm-hmm. if we don't deal with it, if we get hurt as a child, let's say you, you perfect example, five years old, you get chased by a dog. It scares the daylight out. You could have been a little poodle, but that poodle was looked like the size of a German Shepherd when you five, because you're the same size. So now you're 25, and now you see a poodle, and you still got that same trauma. And so every time you see a poodle, you're afraid of it. Well, what happens is you were a little girl that got traumatized, and you were never healed. So because you mm. never dealt with it, now you turn into an adult. With adult means, but little girl trauma and little girl issues. So now you are an adult, and you've got adult means, and you can do greater damage with that little girl issue. So when you get divorced or when you leave that relationship, now you have to go with dealing with that trauma from that previous relationship and now learn how to release it, let it go. You might have to write yourself a Dear John letter. Give yourself the apology that you think they should have given you that you're never going to get. You have to learn how to be okay with other people not accepting and not taking accountability for what you think they should have and learn how to release them so you can release yourself. August 27th, 28th, I'm doing an unbinary rebuild. This is what I'll be talking about. 
Girl, you better do that. Let me tell you, I'm I'm with you on that one. I didn't wear shorts because my husband told me I was ugly and fat the whole time I was pregnant. I mean, the whole time I was married. And, girl, now I wear shorts, and I take a selfie every time I can. So you Because you had to learn how to release. Because what happens is the Word of God tells us to be renewed, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Well, before we can renew our mind, we've got to release the old foolishness in our mind. Because if we don't release it, we keep renewing the old foolishness. We keep renewing the lies. Amen. We keep renewing the negativity. So we got to learn how to release. Then we're able to renew. Then we can get transformed in our mind. Once we can think of it, whatever a man thinks of, so is he. Once we can release it from our minds and get our mind transformed, guess what? Now we stop doing emotional shopping, and we start saving, we start spending. Now we're not worried about whether or not what he doing, what she doing, do he like my shorts, do he like my legs, is he going to be mad at the way I cook dinner? Now we're like, you know what, bunk you. I'm not cooking dinner tonight. I'm going to eat out because I'm going to sit there. I'm going to write out my business plan. I'm going to sit down and write out how to – I don't like the way to do this at work. You know what, I'm going to start my own company. Now let me research how to start a new company. Let me research how to start saving money, how to build my finances, how to go on vacation. Because now you can take time to yourself and rebuild and transform yourself into the person that you want to be and the person that God has already predestined and purposed you to be. So once you release, you can rebuild. Once you start rebuilding, you can transform and become who you are destined to be and be happy within yourself. You can go back to being that full Sunday. Because why? Your outer body is happy. You done got rid of that dead weight of the relationships, and now you get rid of that dead weight off your body. You got your three scoops. You got your mind, your body, and your finances together. That's your three scoops inside the glass. You got the hot fudge. I'm a chocolate girl. So you got the hot fudge or the caramel. What is that? That is the peace that you have within yourself that you didn't have before. So now that you a whole Sunday, if somebody happened to come around and they some they, they almonds and they want to go on top of your Sunday, well, I don't like almonds, so guess what? I don't want you. But now some chocolate come around because I'm a chocolate You got some chocolate and some pecans, we might be able to talk. Let me decide if I want to use you to enhance my Sunday because I don't need you. I want you. And there's a difference. When you need somebody, you'll do whatever it takes to keep them. You become desperate. But when you want somebody, it's your choice. And, and so, I'm glad you said that because I think a lot of times in relationships, people forget that. They forget that because – you change uh, once you enter into a relationship, whether it's a male or a female. You do change to um, make yourself more conducive to whatever your situation is. But I think a lot of times mm-hmm. that um, the other person may forget. You know what I'm saying? And you forget your value of who you are. And I think sometimes as women, we don't pay attention as well as we should. We're very intuitive, but sometimes we, we do drop the ball because you we have to look at what was it that draw, drew, draws men into you. Because it's not going to say what drew that man into you because every man is going to be draw, drawn into you if you're ambitious. It might be your ambition. It might be your um, the desires at his core that he wants for himself that he doesn't have, that draws him into you. I know Justin was talking about um, with his his girlfriend, he likes the fact that she has a spiritual life. You know, that's the desire that he wants for himself. 
Um, and so we start looking and seeking into those things. Um, but I think we have to remember that, like Anisha said, being needed and being wanted is two different things. And just because that person has made changes to make you feel a certain way, you're not necessarily needed all the time. And the need to be needed means that you have to tap in to yourself a little bit more. Um, Because I'd rather be wanted than be needed. And one of the things we have to remember. Who's that, Justin? Go ahead, Justin. Yeah, I was. I was going to jump on and just the, in addition to what you said, because we always, one thing I, I love about my relationship is, you know, we can have these communications. We can have these talks and stuff. And, you know, she, she, she the one that told me about this whole 80, 20 rule. She was like, you know, 80% of the time or the people that, you know, you, you have in, in these relationships, they're not going to be, they're not going to give you everything. You know what I'm saying? Like 80% of the people that you come in contact can, you know, um, they can they can meet your your desires and, and wants and stuff. But 20% of the time, like they they can't or they won't. But that 20% you shouldn't really focus on because if you really focus on that 20%, then you're gonna miss out on that 80 that all of what they have contributed to or have done. You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of times. And why the divorce rate kind of can, you know, be what it is is because, you know, we get caught up, one, uh, because we haven't addressed those childhood traumas, and two, because, you know, we, we haven't or we, we're not being honest in our communication and we're just focusing on, you know, man, I've been at work all day. I come home, the house ain't cleaned up. Man, the least you can do is clean up. You were really focusing on the 20, but you're not really focusing on the fact that, yo, you got two kids by this lady, and she homeschooled these kids, and they smart as hell. You're not focusing on all the other things that she is doing to be a helpmate, but you're just focusing on, like, your food not being prepped. Like, bro, like, at the end of the day, like, look at what she is doing. And, you know, my my brother, he said something profound to me um yesterday because like I had been seriously, you know, wrestling with some with some issues and it's all about perspective. Like he had talked about his wife stepped out on him, right? And on any other given situation, when you pose that to any man or a dude or a woman, they'll be like, Bro, why is he still there? Like, won't you just won't you leave, won't you pack up? And I can explain my situation. They'll be like, Oh yeah, hell yeah, leave over. But when you change a person's perspective on how you view something, when bruh told me, like, from here on out, I'm going to look at my wife in the lens of love. And when I see her as love, I'm going to be love and I'm going to give her love. And I'm going to love this woman like she has never been loved before. Like somebody else will look at that situation and be like, man, I'm out, but I'm not going to choose that. So what I got from that conversation from him is, yo, one, it's choices. Like, we're going to make either choices to fight and work through our situations and communicate and try to be better because we said we was in it in the beginning. Or, you know, you like, you're going to leave. You're going to dip out. But at the end of the day, like, it's really about choice and how you perceive a person. 
You can choose to look at all the negativity, you know, that they do, their behavior patterns, but I'm sure it's more good in that individual than it was bad. So you should always look at the good, always remember the good. And if you are a spiritual person or a godly person, like like uh, like Lisa talked about in the earlier conversation about taking it to God and praying and stuff, still take whatever situation and negativity that is, is brought about, still take it to God. Pray about it. You know what I'm saying? Pray about the decision that you're going to make that may potentially end a good relationship, may potentially end a great blessing. Just because somebody is spoiled, just because somebody has different character flaws about them, doesn't necessarily mean they cannot be a blessing to your life. Absolutely. And then I want to tap into what he said about that 20%. That 20% is a reflection, really, of you and your insecurities. It has nothing to do with the other person. Um, and so I don't think that we, we don't keep that in mind. I think that we look and work so hard, but we're always looking for somebody else to be that thing to us to make us feel a certain way. And that is a lot of responsibility. Yeah. When you get into a relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Hello? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Hello? I think we lost Alicia. Oh. I think, yeah, I think we lost Alicia. Who's that, Sean? To go, yeah, to go, to go back, though, with what they were saying, Alicia and Justin both, I think it's really important. Um, man, they say hurt people hurt people. And you got to understand why. What, what's your why? If, for example, if two broken people get together, if at any given point, one of those people become whole, then that relationship is not going to last long. Ideally, two whole people should come together on one accord, and that's not what's happening. So, so many of us, because we, we grew up in a, a lot of us either grew up in a microwave generation or we, we gravitated toward a microwave generation with social media. So a lot of us don't have these long, lengthy marriages like our parents and grandparents did because ideally it looks like we have so many options to choose from. So whenever we're having problems, in our relationships, we could say, you know what? Well, this person right here on Facebook told me I'm, I'm beautiful this morning. Or a man like say, man, you know what? There's one, there's one on Instagram. She looks so fine, woo 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 right? So we're not willing to put in the work because we always think that it's easier. The grass always green on the other side. It's a, it's a word called hypergamy. The word for that is called hypergamy, right? And mm-hmm. in a capitalist society, of course, hypergamy would be the rule of a day, right? That's why when you get into these relationships, you got to know your why. You know, and more importantly, you have to be okay with you. You can't depend on your partner to fix you or to complete you or any of that. You got to be complete because once that person mm-hmm. gone, it's part of you as well. They're gonna take a part of you with you. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think, so you gotta um, be whole yourself. Right. This this is Tony, and I I've been trying to uh, get in here because um I've been listening for almost two hours now, and I haven't had a chance to weigh in. But hey. But some of the things that I just want to reflect on have already been spoken. And, and for those that have been on our show previously, they, y'all know I'm a champion for our team. And I do try to look at both sides of any given situation. But um, but I do want to say that I'm not a I, – I, I've been married uh, September to be 29 years, so I am not in a divorce situation, but I am a, I am a, a product of divorced parents, you know, but – 
I'm also an army brat where I fought differently because my dad was always away. So that awayness was not something new to me. And when you're growing up, you don't really understand what divorce is when your life is already shrouded in just your mother being there and your dad being overseas fighting a war. So I saw it differently. But one thing that I do see in our today's society is that a lot of people tend to run at the first sign of discord. You know, like like Sean just spoke of, that microwave mentality or society or generational. And that's unfortunate because we are all products of the original sin. So we are all broken at some point, just some are more so broken than others. But when you go into a situation knowing that you have flaws and the other person that you're with has flaws, you know, you can only get better as a team. You know, I'm not better than my husband. He's not better than I. So, you know, you have to take the real about it and not run away at the first kind of trouble. But also if you're in a situation and you are divorced, why are you divorced? What led to that divorce? You know, face those issues that you know you contributed to the divorce to the divorce situation. And I don't think that you can go on from there until you know your part, until you own your part and better yourself in your contribution to the divorce. And I like to ask Dr. Russian, what is what does she think of that? Do you I one hundred percent yes, I one hundred percent agree and um a lot of people shy away from that. Um, taking ownership, you have got to take ownership because right. our relationship is two people, um, and so we mm-hmm. cannot shift the blame onto one side and say, "Well, this person did this, and so that is the reason for the divorce." You have to stand and take ownership of the part that you played, and understand that it's, it's not a loss; it's a lesson. So, we, a lot mm-hmm. of it has to do with our mindset about what happened, and too often we. Um, come into identity with we lost like yes you lost a marriage you um and the marriage ended up in divorce but it was a lesson because sometimes we get into marriages and we get into relationships with unresolved issues and then uh, those unresolved issues create more issues um and in those right. then it causes the marriage to end up in in divorce so when you're going through the divorce and when you're going through the healing process, taking the opportunity to face the man in the mirror and looking at yourself and doing the inner work. The inner work is the most important part of the process. Wealth is built in the process. And so the process mm-hmm. that you go through after divorce is where you will gain the wealth of knowledge, the wealth of value, the wealth of you being able to create financial wealth after the divorce. All of that comes from the process that you go through after the divorce. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Totally and I think that when you are talking about it, you should really uh, refrain from using that other person. Like if you're saying, well, we didn't do this. No, 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 no. Because you can't speak for them. Um, Normally, somebody isn't present. Either one or both of you are not present. And when you stop being present in a relationship, when you start being more focused on other things and less focused on your relationship, that's where it starts. And it just kind of goes from there. But you have to understand your your role like uh dr rushing and tony was saying the intent 
first of all, what was your intent in getting married? A lot of times the intent behind your wife for getting married wasn't right to begin with. You know, a lot of times it's the intent behind something that you have done. And when you are not present in your relationship, you're looking for somebody else to run a boat that requires two people to run. You see what I'm saying? It doesn't work that way. And, yes, people go through things. People experience things. Um, and sometimes if you yourself have not healed from certain, certain situations, you're not going to be able to be present for that person when they're going through certain things because you don't know how. That's not that's not something that's a skill that you stop to give yourself because you didn't take stock in making sure you understood your the things that you lack. Um, if you're emotionally unavailable, if you and it may not be all the time, but sometimes it could be the smallest thing that can trigger that fact that you don't have an emotion there. Sometimes it could be if they had a father and you didn't have a father. Um, it could be a death. You know, sometimes people, parents and grandparents and caregivers pass away and because you didn't know how to function or heal from your own loss, you don't know how to help them through their loss, but you have to sit down and recognize you. And you have to be present for you, I think, moving forward. Mm -hmm. I'd like to also add something um, I, because, um, you know, I, I wasn't able to get in earlier, but with the two men on the on the line, Justin and Sean, you know, we spoke earlier about nurturing and fixers. You know, from, from a woman's perspective, and I always value you guys' opinions, Sean, you know that, Justin. I see women, we are natural nurturers, you know, but I also see men, real men, true men as fixers. You know, they want to fix something. You know, what's the problem? Let's fix it. You know, whereas we're trying to nurture it and make it and make it better. But what is your perspective on nurturing and fixing as far as when and men, women and men? And let's start with Sean. Okay. What's going on, Ms. T? Always with a good question. <laughs> Thank I think you. that uh, a man's natural role, protect, mm -hmm. provide, make you feel secure. Right. Um, and a woman's natural role is to nurture. That's why it works. The yin and the yang work so good together. The problem mm -hmm. is that it's so many people. First of all, like, and that's why I do my man talk videos. You know, it's an art to being a man. Men have principles and rules. And just because I'm speaking on it, that don't mean I've mastered it either, by the way. That means it's a work in progress, mm -hmm. but I'm just trying to get a community. But for, so the problem with us men is that a lot of us don't understand our roles because we have been we haven't been raised by men, quite frankly. And, you know, again, by statistics, seventy percent of our households are headed by single women. So a lot of us men, we we haven't been raised by real men. Like my daddy was a man's man, right? And and I can mm -hmm. see his influence on my life to this day. He, he got killed when I was eight years old, but I was long and he was so impactful that. You know, the age I am right now, I'm still trying to replicate his example of manhood, you know, and, of course, bring it to a modern standpoint. So to answer your question, I think it's natural for men to be protectors and providers. That's our nature, and that's when we flourish. Another issue with that is in this society, we, we tend to think when we say protect and provide, we equate that with money. Mm -hmm. 
And so a lot of our women can take care of themselves. So when you get with a woman who's making more money than her man, per se, if she throws that in his face repeatedly, it leaves him feeling unfulfilled because that's what's his natural role. He's not able to be in his natural role because she's already taken that away from him, either subconsciously or consciously. So that, that creates a problem. And very, you know, those relationships don't really work a lot. Mm-hmm. I agree. Likewise, real quick, Sean, what? from a nurturer, mm-hmm. uh, when a woman, her natural role is a nurturer. But if she's been single for so long, she had to go out here and fend for, this whole, fend for herself in this world, she becomes hard. So now she, it's hard for her to nurture because she had to get how she lived for so long. So now she's out of her natural element. So when you get two people out of the natural element coming together to try to be one, of course it's going to end disastrous. Hmm. I totally agree. Oh, you spoke so eloquently. What's, what's your take? <laughs> Go ahead, Q, you can do it. <laughs> Nah, like like Sean, like you hit it on the head, and not you know, I, like I can try to speak in general terms, but I feel like for me, like I can always use me because I'm the best example. Um, in, in terms of relationship maturity, like I really feel like like I like I'm lacking, and not because I have a a low self image um, about me. It's just I haven't been in a lot of relationships, you know what I'm saying, um, due to you know my past or whatever. But uh, in terms of men being natural fixes, like, yeah, definitely, I feel like I come in a situation, I definitely want to see how I can make whatever situation I enter, I want to make it better. If I come in, and I've been around, man, all types of women in various social circles, and, you know, I'm always trying to see, like, how I can better, like, the situation, and, you know, I like, for an example, uh, if, if I meet a woman, like, she's making six figures or whatever, whatever, like, like this it, this whole conversation in regards to, like, how would you feel if your woman made more, which makes you feel less than, like, I feel like that, that I'd be hating to see that online because me personally, I feel like, yo, if, if we in the same household, why would it matter? You bring it into the household, you know what I'm saying, like, the the only thing that you know I would have a problem with is a woman, you know, what I'm saying, handling me or making me feel less than because I'm not bringing equal amounts to the table. Um, but that goes back to like what Sean was saying because you know taking her out of her element and that's all she used to is providing for herself and being independent and stuff. Like she she is not a, a, a nurturer. Like she's fixing it herself. And, and, and it's a situation where, you know, she is, um, you know, not allowed to or not trusting the dude to feel like he can be a man, then, of course, it's going to be complications in it. Um, being a fixer, though, like, again, you know, Sean, you spoke so eloquent. Like, it's hard to piggyback off that. Like, you touched, you touched on other shit, bro. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like you, like it, like that was real. Um, you know, again, just just trying to, you know, uh, guys. I feel like always gonna feel like, you know, what can we do to aid and assist you? And when we don't see where we are of value, then we mm-hmm. pretty much not gonna contribute, or we halfway check in the relationship, or we only getting what we can get and we bounce it, you know what I'm saying? So, bingo. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's important. Well, I know we only have quick. a few. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sean. I, just want, I want to add real quick. And this is why it's so important that we get back to the root of what a relationship is because we live in a transactional society where we identify yeah, so. our value by our money. But here's the thing. I never place value in that, right, because you can lose your money tomorrow. What is your substance, right? Exactly. I, I remember I was – I wasn't satisfied with guys who had millions of dollars at one point, right? And by that second or third year inside, they didn't have anything. And you can see the real man come out, and there, you know, and there wasn't nothing there. So, yeah, keep that in mind when you right. judge a man by his wallet. Absolutely. Well, I know we only have a few minutes left, just a few minutes, but I, want, I just want to harp back just so for those that are listening, you know, because Sean wrapped it up nicely, like Justin said so eloquently. But in today's society, a lot of households are are headed by women. So, you know, you have that strong woman presence. Myself, I know I've shared this with Alicia and Sean before. When I first got married, I was used to seeing a woman be strong. And it wasn't until I re- realized my husband's role as well as my role that we came into some cohesive agreement. You know, not that he had to be let to be a man, but he was a man in our household. And a lot of times... You know, no one goes into their relationship knowing their true roles. So you have to honor that. You know, you have to, to prey on those roles in order for it to continue to do the right thing for you, your family, and just going forward because marriage is not easy. It's, it's an everyday, everyday job, okay? There's nothing easy about being married. But for me, myself, it's one of the greatest accomplishments next to being a mom that I have. And that's just me speaking personally. And I'm sure I'm not the only one out there feeling that way. But you have to work at what you mm-hmm. want to. You have to work at it. You know, you have to want trust, it. And I know we just have too. a few more minutes, but I'm sorry? No, I was going to say trust, trust in your partner, trust in his or her ability right. to be who they say they are in their roles. Right. I, I think that's big, too. Mm-hmm. So anyone want to lift Dr. Rushing, I would like to have you uh, close us out with any fabulous parting words that you can bestow upon us and our listening audience. Is she still with us? What did I'm, you say? I'm sorry. Say, say that one more time. What did you say? No problem at all. I would just like for you to close us out with any powerful words that you could bestow on our guest panel, as well as those that are listening, you know, just to give us food for thought going away from tonight. Awesome. I would be honored to. Um, so the one thing that um, I would just leave everyone with is regardless of what part of your process you're in, uh, whether you are preparing for a divorce, you are at the divorce table, um, it's after divorce, or you're ready to date, um, understanding your value, understanding your morals, understanding your what standards you have, and then redeveloping your identity. Because when you are in a marriage, um, and you've kind of lost identity, lost track of who you really are, then you begin to step into a false identity of who you are. And then that false identity causes you to be unhappy with the person that you have become. So after divorce, now you need to do the self-evaluation. You need to do the inner work, the inner healing, so that you can come into 
full in, into the fullness of who you really was created to be or what your true identity is outside of the trauma, the pain, and the divorce, and then allow that person and the greatness that is already inside of you, because even in the midst of a divorce, even in the midst of the process, that does not take away from the greatness that's on the inside of you. And so we got to tap into that greatness. And when you are now reevaluating and reshaping the life that you're going to have moving forward. You should already be um, operating and adapting from a place that everything is already done. You're not go- you're not fixing it. You're not adding up to it. You're already in a place that it is already done. And then you're operating from that place. So if your mindset is you're going to uh, you're this healed person. You're going to have a successful marriage, a successful relationship, a successful business moving forward, whatever your thought pattern is. Then how would that person, if you was already there, how would that person show up? How would that person be treating themselves? How would that person be doing the work right now in, in order to get there? And so operating from the place that is already done and having the mindset that it is okay not to be okay. It's okay to acknowledge and say that I contributed this to um, the marriage not working out and being okay to do the inner work. So often in the black and brown community, um, we live by the law of what goes on in this house stays in this house and we sweep everything under the, the rug. And I love to tell people it is okay to have a therapist and Jesus. It is okay to have Jesus and a therapist. I have my own therapist. Okay. <laughs> but, and being okay with seeking and getting the help and having different eyes to iron out the process so that you can now move forward and be 100% unapologetically who be, who God created you to be healed, whole right. and successful. Awesome. Thank you so much for those. Oh, that was good. And, uh, yeah, we're going to take it with it and make it grow. So thank you so much, Dr. Russell. And I want to thank each and every one of you on the panel tonight. You've all contributed in your own special way. You never know who's listening, where you may have touched someone. And they needed to hear that. You know, we all need to hear it from both sides, both men and women and everything in between. So we want to thank you for joining us tonight. And let's not let's not make this a one-time thing. You know, sometimes we have to revisit these things just to keep it current and just to keep it alive Absolutely. and just to keep it real. Absolutely. Yeah. I so appreciate you guys. I do. I want us to just kind of understand that when two broken people come together, when healing happens in one or both of those individuals, there's a reset period that's going to happen. It's going to happen. Whether you guys decide to reset together, whether you decide to reset separately, the reset is a necessity because everybody has changed in the relationship. And when we get into these relationships, make room for change. You know, make room for that person to change. If that person is the same person they was when you met them a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, then you need to, I say run because they should have changed. There should be some evolution there. Um, but we appreciate you guys coming to kick it with us. We will have everybody back again. And we're going to be out for the night.
Thank you for having us. Good night, everyone. Have a good night. 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 Good Gotta feed the fam, gotta pay the price Gotta keep trucking through the Georgia clay Gotta stay searching for a better day